Testing, testing. One, two, three. Taking uh, we were taking Adabrin in in uh, in New Guinea to avoid um, malaria, and I came back home and I was a very bright yellow as a result of taking this Adabrin. And my parents thought I was just not for this world much longer because of the the, the color I had. But uh, uh, coming back uh, to uh, after the war, it uh, the uh, most of the fellows had. Uh, I think they had a tough time adjusting because all of a sudden, where they were so extremely busy, they had hardly any time to do uh, very much. Uh, all of a sudden, they had a lot of time on their hands, and they looked for jobs and so forth. So. Um, it was, uh, I think it was tough to adjust to uh, civilian life. Now, I know that a lot of people said that war is boring and war is dull and war is hell. But, you know, on a, on a ship, most of the time you've got jobs to do, uh, you've got uh, duty, you're, you're standing watches and um, there was a lot to do. I never felt that I, it, life was so dull, but a lot of fellows did find that. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, maybe it's true. In wartime, as in peacetime, some people do a job thoroughly and some people don't do it so thoroughly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there is more to do on a ship sometimes. We, uh, we did uh, uh, have a, an interesting thing. I don't know how pertinent this is, but um, one day we were um, out near Okinawa, Japan, and uh, uh, a kamikaze attacked us. Uh, as you know, the kamikazes were the suicide, suicide planes, and we, we could see him uh, up there, and we started shooting at him, and we hit him, and he, he dropped, and we, uh, we knocked him out, and he dropped out. Um, uh, very uh, near our ship, uh, he had the sh his plane had burst into flames, and uh, so we uh, put a swimmer over to rescue him, and we pulled him aboard our ship, and uh, uh, our doctor, who was um, uh, he isn't from St. Louis, but he went to school at Washington University, and uh, we're we're very good friends. And so uh, we pulled this Japanese pilot aboard the ship, and um, the doctor examined him and said uh, that he was uh, all right, and he had a lot of burns. I have a picture I'll show you of what he looked like, and uh, he had a lot of burns, and so um, the, we got a message from the aircraft carrier to transfer him to the aircraft carrier. So we did that, and we got a message shortly after that that he had died. 
and our doctor said, I don't know what, why he should die. There was nothing really wrong with him except superficial burns. And so uh, the story was that he had given the um, intelligence officers aboard the aircraft carrier so much information. He had uh, only had a week's training that he hardly had any flight time because they didn't have any aviation gasoline. They didn't have very many planes. And they had, he had given them so much information that they, apparently the intelligence officers felt that if that ever got back to Japan, that he would be killed. And so they said that he had died aboard. Well, we didn't find this out until maybe 45 years later when um, one of the pilots that we had picked up out of the water uh, visited uh, this doctor friend of mine and had said, uh, told him that what had happened. Uh, so uh, uh, we, we uh, uh, it, it, we thought it was quite interesting. I'm not quite following. I understand that. But we, the. Did he not die? He did not oh, die. Oh, they just said he they did. They said he died. Saved his yes, it, because if he ever got back to Japan and they realized that he had given out all this information, that he would not be alive. So they just put him on the list so that the Japanese mm -hmm. would. And they told us that, that we had. That's what the story. Uh, that we got. Do you believe it? Yes, I do. Isn't that uh -huh. We had another interesting experience. Here. So he just, he became a prisoner of war. Oh, yes. And then when, when they let him go. I don't know what happened. Maybe he's in this country still. I don't know where he is, but uh, they were afraid that if he ever got back to Japan, they would, he, they, he would not live. Because you know yeah, when you you know when when they become kamikazes they 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 say they're gonna they're gonna die. But you were gonna tell me that he took his own life. No, mm -mm. no. Nope. We have I have one more uh, little story that um, we were um, cruising off uh, Japan mm -hmm. during uh, one um, real heavy seas, a lot of wind days. And there was a, a plane up ahead of us that had indicated that he, he, he had been hit and while he was bombing uh, an airfield in Tokyo and that he could not slow enough to land on the aircraft carrier. So the Admiral told him to bail out ahead of our formation. And so... Uh, our captain, we we always felt he was a gung ho guy. He said our name was terrific, and on the the uh, radio, and he said, "This is terrific. We're on our way." And here we could see this uh, parachute coming down. We saw the plane go down. The parachute come down, and generally, when uh, you pick up a man in the water, uh, a ship would go up upwind from the man mm -hmm. and then the, the wind would, dry, would would pull him over and we generally put a man in the water to pick him up. 
Well, we got upwind from this uh, man whose uh, parachute had opened and he was in the water and we could see that his, the wind was so strong that the parachute would not uh, close, drop. And he was, he was so heavy, he was being dragged through the water and he, we could see that he was, might be drowning. So our skipper, instead of, of uh, going, uh, uh, being, uh, letting the wind uh, uh, take him to the man, he came around and we uh, pulled up downwind from the man and the parachute pulled into our ship. And we all pulled up this man and here he was, as blue as a, uh, blue as a uh, uh, blue jeans. And our doctor turned him over and he gave him artificial respiration. He turned as red yeah, as yeah. that in, in a couple of minutes. Oh, and, and oh, we just were great. Because uh, the, uh, we all came up and we told the captain how great and so forth. <laughs> yeah, was, he really was terrific. Oh, he was. He was good. He was. You must feel good when you feel that someone that's got your life in your hand. He was, he was out of the academy. He was just a fine person. And uh, we corresponded for many years after, after the war. And uh, he passed away uh, maybe five years ago. And um, uh, he was uh, just a fine person. Have you ever had those kinds of relationships since? Yes, I have. I, 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 I <laughs> at my last job, I've, I've worked with uh, uh, my boss, and I, I was at this uh, in the, my job for 36 years. I was working at Goldie's Department Store. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a, a wonderful relationship with Mr. Matt Goldie, mm -hmm. and I had a, nothing but high respect and regard for him. And and uh, because he always used to come up with great ideas and stimulating and exciting things, and um, you know, I I, I I guess it is that when you come up with ideas and he accepts them, one you're like, well, he's. A, he, uh, very good. Yeah. What place did, did the, the warriors have in mind? Well, it was, uh, they, they were very, uh, uh, I, uh, the war years were very, I was in the Navy for over five years, and the war years, I was, in, of course, from uh, 41 to 45, and it was, uh, uh, very important part of my life, and and what I I like to think of the fact that it was a successful part of a person's life because you know we had we we our ship was sunk our ship was sunk and our um, we had problems where we lost we lost a lot of men and lost a, a peop, a ships in battle, but. 
if we survived, it was a, a successful part. We lost a lot of good men. On your ship. Oh, we, uh, when our ship was sunk, we lost, I think, uh, 10 men that, that were stationed there. Uh, when it blew this, we lost a man who, when we got into port, uh, we his uh, we got a telegram from the American Red Cross that his wife had just had a baby and he he was blown up. We never saw him again. He just disintegrated when we when our ship was hit by uh, this torpedo. Did you in combat, did you lose people? Well, uh, yes, we lost uh, these ten men on them. Yeah, but besides that, can you... Uh, no, we, we didn't. We, uh, we were just lucky that uh, uh, we had people that were hit and wounded, but uh, we never lost any men. Uh, yeah. Um, how, how would you say the war helped to shape you? Well, I would say it made me uh, a lot more uh, um, um, I, I, it made me I guess um, you know I had seen so many things we had uh, problems in the war that uh, I, I, I was more hardened, I guess, and inured to problems, and, and uh, uh, it, I, I guess I don't, I don't see, uh, I, I, I'm probably the most optimistic man in the world because uh, I feel that I'm so lucky to have come through the war that uh, I have to tell you another, yeah, just what? unusual, that, that, that I, uh, have come through the war and was wasn't injured, and um, uh, with the amount of experience that I had in the war, that I've had so many close shaves that I feel that uh, for the grace of God I'm doing great. But I have to tell you uh, a little experience and that um, I have always felt that, um, and in the in the Navy you. Um, when you are officer of the deck and something happens um, that the captain always said, now if something happens, you do something. He said, you might do the wrong thing, but just don't stand there and don't do anything. So I always remember um, that and, and what, um, one day I was coming back from New Guinea. I was going to come back and in um, joined get my new ship and, and I flew from from um, um, New Guinea to Darwin I believe it was and then I was going to we were going to take another uh, plane down to um, Brisbane mm -hmm. so I flew down and we had I guess we had a um, half a dozen uh, fellows that were going back to get ships and be reassigned from uh, motor torpedo boats and we got down to Darwin and we came in there about two o'clock in the afternoon <coughs> and and uh, the um, 
we were told that there would be no more transportation out of Darwin to Brisbane. That afternoon, we have to fly out in the morning. And being a just don't stand there and do nothing. So all these other fellows I know said, we're going to BLQ and go out in the morning. So I saw a B-25 plane, army plane, that was sitting out on the runway. And I went up to the skipper, the pilot, and I said, uh, can you happen to be going down to Brisbane? He said, yeah. I said, uh, could you take a passenger? He said, if you'd like to ride in the rear gunner's seat. I said, I'll be glad to. He says, throw your gear on there and, and uh, we'll fly you down to Brisbane. So I threw my gear in there. We went down to Brisbane and the next day the, the uh, uh, transportation officer in Brisbane said to me, hey Spike, did you know that uh, th those uh, fellows that were uh, with you in motor torpedo boats that took a plane this morning and it blew up in midair. He said, you lost all those fellows you knew. He said, it, what happened was it got up in the air and it just exploded. And so I always feel, boy, for the grace of God, so I go. <laughs> so, uh, I, I always feel that you know if you, I, I just don't I just don't stand there. I always try to do something. Where did Spike come from? Oh, when when I was in at Washington University, I was the tallest guy on my uh, volleyball team when I used to spike him. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you had you you were there before the war. Oh yes. Let's see. I graduated in '38. Um, so you didn't leave the GI Bill? No. Mm -hmm. You finished. Mm -hmm. um, and where, yes. Where were you in the war? BJ Day. BJ Day. Uh, we were we were steaming off uh, Japan. We could see Mount uh, Fujiyama, and uh, we were showing what is called a um, a show of force. Our planes were flying over. We were steaming out there, and uh, we were we were in sight of uh, Japan, and uh, that's when they were signing the uh, uh, surrender on the Missouri. Mm -hmm. um, so actually, from just what I listened to today, the only uh, and I know there's lots more, but. Uh, I know you, you saw one Japanese and you brought him aboard mm -hmm. in the war. Did you see any more? See any more Japanese? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Uh, uh, yeah, that we, we were, uh, the, the ship that, that hit us and sunk us was a Japanese destroyer, but it was at night, we never saw that. Uh -uh. Uh, so, of the enemy, he's the only one that you were ever close to. That's right. Um, so, how do you feel about this Japanese today? Uh, well, uh, the, I feel uh, I don't have any enmity, but I, I feel that that uh, they have really uh, 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 out 
worked us. They have really uh, paid attention to details, that their cars are superior, and, uh, and, and that the uh, Japanese uh, are a, a threat to us industrial. But I, I uh, and I, I feel that they, uh, they're inscrutable. That they, uh, they are, uh, they should be watched if uh, uh, you have any dealings with them. And uh, I, I don't have, I don't have any uh, compunction about dealing with them. I buy their cars, and I don't have any concern about them. But I, I don't think that I, I'm. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm too uh, pleased about what's going on with uh, their taking over our golf courses and our, our buildings and our and our uh, and they spend a lot of money on uh, uh, lobbying and I, I think they they're very uh, they're very intelligent and they're very uh, adept at doing what they do and uh, I uh, have no. Uh, I don't have any love for them, but I don't have any hatred for them either. Although when I think of what they did to our men, uh, that uh, on the on the uh, uh, death march in in the Philippines, I, I have a lot of uh, enmity to them. Um, do you? Where will you be buried? Uh, we're we're considering. Uh, that I may be buried on it at Jefferson uh, uh, Barracks. Uh, you know, I was just in the Navy for five years, but uh, we attended a, a naval, a uh, Army burial just the other week, and uh, the solemnity and the procedure was so uh, nice and so uh, impressive that I may do that, but. Right now, I'm not sure because I do have a, a burial a plot at uh, our cemetery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know why uh, I feel like asking people that particular Why? I'm curious. Um, well, I'm not sure, Mom. I, um, when I do this, I, I go out in a lot of directions, and I suppose. Um, I feel that there's an attachment somehow to that time, yes. and I was wondering mm -hmm. uh, how deep, or not how deep, that's the wrong word, but how far that attachment carries. I mean, somebody else could have had your experience, mm -hmm. been five years, and which is a long time. Yes. You made it sound like it wasn't, I think it's a long time. Um, and and said no, and I wouldn't. It, it's just something I feel has a, has a little shows me something. I I I'm did. Not sure what yet. I did. Uh, I did spend. I I I did spend more time in the Naval Reserve after the war. Mm -hmm. I worked in the Navy. I went on. Uh, I went on active duty for two weeks, for s several years. And I did stay in the Naval Reserve, and I went down to, for meetings once a month. Mm -hmm. for, so I stayed in there for 12 years altogether. So um, it's, it was not just five years. It was longer. And that was because uh, you stayed in? Yeah, see, I, 
I, as I say, I, I'm a um, optimistic guy. I like the Navy. The Navy was a, a, a fine organization. I like the people in the Navy. Uh, well, I chose it because I had seen these war pictures where these generals sit behind the lines 50 miles and uh, tell the men in the field to take the hill and uh, while they're in and, uh, safety and whereas in the Navy the admirals and the senior officers are right out there with you. That's why I, I this togetherness, I like that. Uh, did you have a song during the war that uh, was important to you? Oh, uh, uh, I, I guess it, uh, oh, I, I liked all the songs, Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree, and, and um, uh, uh, let's see, what is that about uh, passing ammunition? Praise the Lord. Yes, and all, all those songs, I thought they were great. Do you listen to them now? No, no, I don't. On the radio, 1430 on your dial. No. Is that right? I don't know. 1430. Uh-huh. It's 730. 1430, I don't know. Did you have a camera girl? No, I never had a camera girl. Okay. Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, Elizabeth, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was a uh, Five, yeah. Uh, um, it was a, uh, it, it, it was a, um, a very uh, sad thing. Uh, a lot of uh, people were very upset by it, and but we were fighting a war, so we just went on. You didn't think who's Harry Truman? Is he going to handle this? Uh, you yeah, well, insecure at all? Uh, no, I, we weren't insecure because we had known that the president was wasn't well. You know, we we mm -hmm. felt that he really wasn't very well at all. But uh, we liked uh, uh, Roosevelt, and, and uh, uh, being from Missouri, I liked Harry, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I thought <laughs> I thought he was uh, doing a fine job, and and I had uh, learned about him because. Uh, uh, he had uh, not followed the traditions of uh, being a politician in the sense that he he went in and he uncovered a lot of uh, uh, boondoggling and I think in, in building new barracks. It, it just seems to me that the uh, the uh, from the reports I've been reading that the government has been very generous in giving out uh, battle awards to uh, people in Desert Storm that uh, have been, um, has seen action for uh, sort of a, a, a couple of, a few months and uh, uh, during World War II, uh, all, all of us were involved for four years of, of combat with uh, 
a lot of action and a lot of exposure to danger, whereas in Desert Storm uh, there was uh, apparently a minimum amount. I, I keep getting the last bit, so I could ask you to say it again. Uh, do you remember uh, you threw me in the brig during the war? And uh, I said, no, I didn't remember that. He said, you sure did. And he was very uh, 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 casual and offhanded mm -hmm. about it and had no, no uh, concern. Did you tell her a story? Merle has joined us. Oh. <laughs> Did you tell her a story about the deal? Um, no. <laughs> this is a story of uh, when we were in New Guinea. Um, uh, I was on a, what they call a PT tender that took care of the uh, PT boats. Mm -hmm. And uh, every once in a while, there would be somebody who would be found passed out on the deck. And we all knew that the doctor would revive him, and he said, this man is drunk. And we all knew there was a skill aboard the ship. And, and uh, when we have inspection, we go uh, through every compartment on that ship to try to find the spill. And every once in a while, the men would aggravate the commanding officer by passing the word, relieve the watch on the spill. <laughs> and we were never able to find that spill. Uh, they kept, they kept doing it. We're looking at the scrapbook now. Probably is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking for things that um, the museum might want to copy or collect and so is there anything like that you might have written your parents? No. Mm -hmm. Or do you have a picture of yourself in uniform? No. More stories. <laughs> well, it, um, when the ship, our ship was sunk, the blue, why it was announced in the newspaper before um, people were, the, uh, the uh, families were told uh, 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 who survived and who didn't. And my dad was uh, very uh, uh, concerned and he, he called uh, Harry Truman, who was our senator, and uh, Harry Truman uh, sent a telegram to my dad and said that I survived. Mm -hmm. right. Yes, it was. It sounds like they tried to do everything possible to yes. release people. Our doctor, our doctor, um, Dr. Blankenship, he uh, graduated and he said, I have a, a 
a man who needs an immediate appendectomy. And the captain said, we, we're in a typhoon and we cannot transfer him to an aircraft carrier, which we generally did when we had a serious uh, uh, medical problem. And so he said, uh, doctor, you're just going to have to do what you can. And so the, the, we were taking rolls of 45 degree angle and uh, we were in the middle of a typhoon that where we had lost four other or five other ships of destroyers like us and um, the um, the pharmacist mate held the man on the, the table and the doctor performed this appendectomy mm. out of sea during this typhoon when we were going like this all the time mm. and, it, and, uh, and generally at these reunions that we have why the, the man who was, uh, survived this appendectomy comes to the reunion and uh, thanks the doc for uh, saving his <laughs> life. What are the reunions like? No. Well, uh, we just, uh, this was, uh, we went to um, Charleston, uh, South Carolina, and we generally uh, uh, meet, shoot the breeze. Um, we had uh, tours of, of uh, Charleston, uh, then went to the Navy uh, uh, ships there saw ships just like ours and we all uh, just uh, have a, 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 the uh, get together a warm friendly uh, nostalgia that we all felt for each other mm -hmm. and uh, uh, then uh, we have a banquet and uh, everybody we kind of bring things up to date and uh, in this last one the, the captain of the ship who took over after the war described on what happened to, to the Tossig after he took, he went to Korea with the Tossig and he described what happened to him. Who, who uh, did you, I can't remember if you named the, your skipper. Uh, captain Joe Robbins. R-O-B-B-I-N-S. Uh -huh. And he was from Mayfield, Kentucky. Uh, just uh, Person. And he was the one that called you, you, you all were terrific. I mean, that was the, that, that that was the, was name, the code was, name. Yes, and I, we had an interesting thing. Uh, uh, um, after the war, when I was in the, in the Naval Reserve, uh, I ran into a fellow that was on an aircraft carrier that had um, been with us uh, when we had shot down these two planes at night. And uh, he said, uh, what was your code name? And I said, terrific. He said, terrific. He said, terrific. You are terrific. And that's what the Admiral told us when we had shot down this second plane at night without any, any uh, ra ever seeing in full radar control. Oh, here's the uh, telegram you wrote. Your, you, mm -hmm. gave, you sent your parents, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. This was after Pearl. I think it was. I'm not sure. But uh, that's the one, or uh, oh, the one I'm uh, 
Now this one, this says September 16th. Yeah, no, that was, I think that was, was another separate, yeah. sunk, maybe. Right. Hold up Mother's Day until tomorrow. Morning, 2.30, I'll be home. Oh, that was nice. I have Melton Muldane's permission to add a few facts to this tape. This is approximately a week later. Uh, one, when Melton Muldane was in the Navy, his last name was Moldavsky, M-O-L-D-A-F-S-K-Y. The second thing I want to add is that Melton Muldane, or Melton Moldavsky, enlisted in the Navy in 1940 because he and his friends felt the war was coming and they knew they would be drafted and they felt if they enlisted before, they would get the service that they wanted and he wanted the Navy. Also, um, I mentioned this in my notes, um, but there is a letter there in Milton's scrapbook which he says we could copy and it um, is written to his parents uh, after the sinking of his ship. It's uh, dated September 14, 1942, and it is in his scrapbook. And, um, I think that is something we would want. Also, there were um, typewritten newsletters from the USS Taptic that they published uh, every so often. And um, the Taptic was named after Rear Admiral Taptic, who was born in St. Louis, November 20th, 1847. So uh, the telegram that was in there that says am okay was for the sinking of the ship. Um.